0: Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. How are we doing today? My name is Jean Carlos. I use he him pronouns. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. Today, I wanna talk to you about the power of small. Today I want to talk to you about the power of small. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, actually last week, I went to a Pride. Yeah. Somebody went to Pride. Yeah. Happy Pride. Oh, I honestly, I, I've gone for several years now and I think it was one of the most special Prides I've ever yeah. had. Um, yeah. And I remember I woke up on a Saturday morning and uh, my husband and I and some friends went to People's Pride mm-hmm. in, in Powderhorn. You're here. Yes, Ooh, yes, yeah. yes we had lunch there that was amazing um then we went to loring park at the kind of the bigger pride Mm -hmm. it was beautiful and i remember just having this picture of this this celebration Mm. and on the perimeter in a corner there was someone preaching hate Mm -hmm. there's someone who was invited into joy and they said no Mm, mm, there's someone mm. who was invited and included and ushered in and they excluded themselves and i remember just imagining the prodigal son story and the older brother that the father and the the younger son they throw a party they throw a celebration they invite the whole village Mm. um, and they invite the older son and the older son refuses to enter refuses to come in the older son was included you know but the right. older said, said no. Wow. It's so interesting when we have joy before us. And sometimes the very thing that prevents us from entering in is ourselves. Ooh. And so I celebrated pride. We had fun. We went through all the booths. Um, and then we had dinner. And then we pre games with some friends. And I just have to tell you <laughs> that it is one of the greatest honors of my life to be able to go to a gay club with the same people I go to church with the next morning. Yeah. Amen. It is a great privilege to be able to dance to Dua Lipa and then sing hallelujah the next morning. And if your religious system isn't big enough for that, then maybe it's too small. Right? And so I get to just like dance with uh, some of my queer friends at the club, then uh, come home with my husband at 1am, and then the next morning... We uh, woke up and there was no church because our church was at Pride. Our church was at the parade. If you're watching this online, ask your church where they were at Pride. Ask your church what booth they had. Ask them what part of the procession and the parade they were in. Because where else should your church be other than celebrating the children of God in every context? Amen? Hallelujah. And I remember being there and having our pastor Tyler dancing, enjoying, and he gave us communion cups. We had communion cups at Pride, y'all. Holy, holy, holy. So anyway, that was a blast. And then I had lunch with some of those friends that we had the parade with. And then I came home at about 2 p.m. And uh, I, I know this is gonna be hard for you to believe, but at 2 p.m. after 36 hours of non stop celebration, I felt tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My body said, stop. <laughs> my body said, rest. Yeah. Right. Um, but weeks prior, because of my dreams, because of my goals, because of my plans, I had set a time every Sunday from 2 to 5 p.m. to work on my projects. To work on my ministry to work on the dreams and goals I had Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm looking at my calendar and I'm looking at my body and I'm I'm kind of angry that I'm tired Mm -hmm. I'm kind of disappointed that this body has limits Wow and I remember being like no well I said I was gonna work on these projects my goals my dreams hashtag hustle and I said I was gonna do that and it's important that I do that so I'm here I'm googling what's the optimal amount of minutes for a nap that will make me feel refreshed but not too tired? Do you know what I'm talking about? And I'm Googling some kind of secret knowledge that will make me more productive and efficient, right? And the answer is 20 minutes, by the way. Or an hour and a half because of sleep cycles. But I didn't have an hour and a half, did I? So I did 20 minutes. So you can imagine John on the couch saying, I'm going to move my creative work to 3.20 to 5.20, and I'm going to take a 20-minute nap now, and I'm going to optimize my body, right? There was a part of me that was surprised that I was tired. Yeah. There was a part of me that was disappointed that I was human. Um, And I'm, I'm... I think a lot of us experience something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever just been having a week? you got deadlines. you got projects. You're mm-hmm. making an impact in the world. And it's like Tuesday, and you start getting sniffles. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, we got time out. We don't have time to be sick. Right. We don't have time for sniffles. So, Bonnie, thank you for your sniffles. We're not going to do that anymore. Right. Uh, Bonnie, thank you for it. No, that sore throat's not happening. We got right. deadlines. We got projects, we got dreams, we got goals, right? We don't have time to be sick. And and then when we get sick, we're like surprised it takes time for our bodies to heal. Like <laughs> right. like we should just be like a superhero that just immediately recovers after a building is thrown at her. Like, is that who we are? But we like there's a disappointment that we have that our bodies heal slowly. Yeah. Why couldn't they heal faster? And I yeah. I'm seeing this in our culture, this desire to be more than ordinary more than average, more than human. If only we could be more. If only we could be more. And I, I remember talking to a friend who does a lot of creative work. And I remember he asked me, like, if you could pay a monthly subscription to have five more hours in your week, would you do it? Absolutely. If I could have five more hours, eight more hours of my week, wow. I believe that if I invented like a smoothie that you drank in the morning and after drinking it, you didn't have to eat for two whole days, I would be a billionaire. I would be a billionaire. How many people would choose not to eat again? They would just grimace shake their way into life. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? They would grimace shake their way into whatever. And I'm just telling you like, there's something about us, there's something about me that wants to be superhuman, but I'm not. There's something about me that doesn't want to be tired, that doesn't want to eat, that doesn't want to sleep, that, that have you ever like gone through something like a breakup or divorce? And it affects you, it affects your body. But there's a part of you that's like, why haven't I moved on? Why haven't I gotten Mm -hmm. over this? Why haven't I healed? Why can't healing be faster? Mm -hmm. Why why is my body so sensitive? Why can't I simply be stronger? There is a desire in you and me for more, to be more than average, to be more than ordinary, to be more than human. Like all of our TV shows, all of our TV shows are about, about more. Like I'm watching Glamorous, Netflix, anybody? It's a show about a gay teenager who works at like Macy's and then is like discovered by the CEO and president of an international makeup company and now he gets to work in New York City and change fashion. <laughs> like what if that's not your story? Right. What if you're just still working at Macy's? Right, 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 right. Right, like we think that more, like we have a society that's selling us more and more and more. If only we downloaded that app, then we could be right. more. If only we read that book, then we could be more. If only we bought those leggings, then we could be more. I remember I bought my first Jacket at a Lululemon store. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I went and I paid for it and the man said, "Uh, thank you, welcome to the cult. And like, said so unironically. And I was like, oh my God, what did I just purchase other than an overpriced jacket? But like, there's this, there's this society that is constantly selling us more. We think that God is in the big and the great and the glorious, but what if God is in the small? Wow. wow, wow, wow. We think God is in the superhuman and the exciting. Like, what if you're not wow. a half Puerto Rican, half black teenager from New York City who gets bitten by a radioactive spider? What if that's not your story? What if there is no radioactive spider? What if there's no spider verse to save? Wow, wow, wow. No? Like what if you're not like a Chinese mother who in visiting the IRS discovers that she's a part of a cosmic war between good and evil and she must love her daughter to set the multiverse correct. What if that's not you? What if it's, you're just a mother? What if you're, you're going to the, the IRS for other reasons? you know what I mean? <laughs> like we have a society that's selling us more and more and more and more but what if God is in less? Wow, wow. What if God is in humans? Wow. What if God will meet us anywhere? Wow. So we have this story in the scriptures about a people who are exiled, and now they're finally home. Mm -hmm. About a people who are subjugated, and now they're finally free. Mm -hmm. About a people whose city was destroyed, and now they're finally rebuilding. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they start rebuilding. They're not done. It's not finished. It's not pretty yet. Mm-hmm. But they gather together after they lay the foundation. There are no walls. There are no pillars. There is no mm-hmm. visible glory. There's just maybe some things on the ground work. A foundation being laid, and they bring everyone together. And there is a group of them that can't see this and not celebrate. Mm-hmm. That can't see this and not look at the small and say that this is evidence that the Lord is good Wow. And her mercies endureth forever. Wow. There's a group of people that, that witness all of this and like understand this evidence that they were under bab they were under Babylon. Yeah. And now they're building a new city. Yeah. They were under Babylon and now they're building a new world. And they see this, and this is evidence that the Lord is good. His love endures mm. forever. I, I just I love that word endures. Yeah. It could just be exist, right? God's love exists forever but this is a love that endures yeah this is a love that endures the hatred you've experienced this is a love that endures the unemployment that you experience this is a love that endures the divorce that you just went through this yeah. is a love that endures whatever the Supreme Court can throw our way yeah. this is a love that endures amen yeah. we are people that know an empire and we have empires that love destroying temples, but this is a love that endureth even then. Yeah. And so we, we have a, a people, they experience this joy, they celebrate, they got trumpets, they got, so they got it all, right? Uh-huh. But then at the same time, in the same breath, at the same moment, there was a people who saw the same facts and they wept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they wept and they wept because they had seen bigger right. they wept because they were expecting more right. they wept because they had walked those halls they had walked right. those streets they had known the glory and the greatness of Jerusalem and this wasn't it wow. this was small this was insignificant this was not very big Wow. oh Are there things that God is celebrating and rejoicing in your life that you think are too small? Are there things in your life that God is dancing and delighting in, but you think are too insignificant? Are there things that you are weeping over that God is celebrating that if only you had awareness to be aware, eyes to see, ears to hear what the Lord is doing? Wow. And so, another passage outside of Ezra and, and Zechariah chapter 4, they speak of the same situation, and it's the Lord speaking. And He says, Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small things, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Yeah. Have you done any work for justice? Ooh. Have you done any work? For the goodness and the great, like for for the benefit of people, have you done any work to create a new city and a new world? World. Then it looks small. It always looks small at first. It always feels insignificant. It's not all crowds. It's not all amendments. It's not all I have a dream. Like it's sometimes it's smaller. Sometimes it looks and feels insignificant. And sometimes actually big things are just a series of small things in faithful succession. What if God is in the small? What if God is not in the boardrooms and the skyscrapers? What if God will meet you at your call center? What if God will meet you in, in the job that you don't like, in the context that you wish was bigger? What if God will meet you in the small? <laughs> um, but I before we skip on the weeping thing, because I know it's like easy to just keep going and talk about joy and celebration. Um, Sometimes we, too, have to weep. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we, too, have to mourn. Um, because the people who wept at that moment, they knew, they knew in their bodies that it would never be the same. Right. Right. Like, the first temple was made because of the wealth and the power of Solomon and David. I mean, how many ancient kings do you remember the name of, right? right. Like, the, the wealth and the power of Solomon and David was great. I mean, some historians would say that they were some of the world's first billionaires. They had wealth and power, and of course they built a beautiful and glorious temple. And here we have a people who are just getting started, a people who just got out of exile, just got out of slavery, just got out of oppression. They're just starting something new, and of course it's small. But the people who had seen the previous temple wealth, because it was never going going to be the same again. No matter the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, it was never going to be the same again. And some of you have recognized right here in 2023 that it will never be the same again. After that divorce, it will never be the same again. After that diagnosis, it will never be the same again. After that Supreme Court decision, it will never be the same again. And I am here, not just to give you hope and joy, but to acknowledge the mourning that we must do. When the city that we so passionately love is a place of oppression or smallness or hate. Right, we right, right. too have a country, a country that promises freedom but provides something else sometimes, mm-hmm. that brags about its glory mm-hmm. but is so ugly sometimes that it is it's unwilling to repent, unwilling to change, unwilling to chart a new future. Right. This is July 4th weekend right, where right. we celebrate and act like our country is the best in the world and there are so many people and so many things that are worth celebrating. But it's also worth noting that if you're paying attention right. I recognize that my marriage to my husband might not be recognized in a year or two. I recognize that there are things that happen, inflection moments, where it'll never be the same. Can God meet us in places that are small, where things will never be like they used to, where things will never go back to they were? Can God meet us in a new place, in a new size? Mm. And so as we think about what it means to be superhuman, we realize that God only meets us in our temples. Ooh. We realize that God only meets us in our bodies. Um, I, I know that some of you may not be interested in ancient temple architecture, <laughs> um, but you are a temple. Uh, uh, uh. You are holy ground. Yeah, yeah. You are sacred. Yeah. How do you talk about your temple? Ooh. How do you treat your temple? Mm. How do you think about your temple? Because what if the Lord is rejoicing over your temple, but you think it's too small. You think it's not enough. You think it's insufficient. We have a temple that God has given us. And this is the place where she has chosen to reside. This is the place where life happens. This is where our experience is actually at. It's not on CNN or MSNBC, it's not in legislatures and courthouses. Your actual lived experience is in your body and in this temple. And if this temple is good enough for our creator, why is it not good enough for us? Wow. If it is good enough for her to reside and call home, why are we so critical? Why are we so rude? To the body is that house, not only us, but God. There is a temple that you need to honor. There is a temple that you need to respect. There is a temple that you need to recognize as the home of God and the home of your experience. Wow. If God wanted you to be endlessly efficient, you would be a MacBook Pro. <laughs> but you are not. Some of you don't even have an Apple tattoo on your ass. Like, I'm, I'm worried about y'all. Like, like, I'm worried about y'all. Like, you're not a MacBook Pro. If God wanted you to be endlessly energetic, you would be a solar-powered calculator, right. always facing the sun. Right. right, But you're not a solar-powered calculator. You are human. You are flesh and blood, right? Like we are more related to Grimace than AI. Like at least Grimace has like a face and a body. Artificial intelligence does not yet, yet. But here's the thing y'all, like we are bodies. We have temples, we have bodies that break that get tired and, and I just want to note that like what if you were made with limitations what if you wish you could be superhuman but you were not made superhuman if God wanted you to be superhuman God would have done so you are human humility humility is about being honest with who we are Now, humility, I'll be honest with you, is misinterpreted and has a bad rap and is abused, right? Mm -hmm. Because when people think about humility, what they think about is taking something expansive, creative, and beautiful like you and making it smaller to make other people more comfortable. God is not inviting you to become small for other people. Right, right, right. God is inviting you to realize that when you stand next to a mountain, you are good and you are beautiful and you are small, right? Like, small is not a bad word. God became small. Wow, wow, wow. Right? God fills small things. Wow. And so the invitation is, you know, a lot of times religion will try to make you superhuman. If you follow these things and you do these things, then you'll be, but you're still tired. You're still weary. You're still human. But sometimes religion will try to make you subhuman. Will try to subjugate you and mistreat you and put you in its place. I've been to churches that do a lot about you being a sinner, about you being bad, about you being terrible, so that they alone can be the only solution, right? They will make you less so that the only solution before you is them being right. And that's not what God is inviting us into. God is inviting us to be perfectly human, Mm. to be honest, Mm. to, to, to bring our strengths because those strengths were given by God herself. But to be also honest about the ways that we break, the ways that we believe, the ways that we are a temple, still under construction. What if God is in the small? Um, I'll close close with this. Um, We're in the series about nature. Um, The thing is is that when you live in an empire that values big things, you can feel very insignificant over time. Um, You can feel very small. But the thing about nature is that when we stand next to the Mississippi, the Mississippi becomes a prophet. The Mississippi starts to remind us who we are. The Mississippi starts to remind us who God is. When you you stand below a tree, the tree doesn't really care what your annual income is. Nor does it know what your title and position is. The tree just says you belong. The tree invites you into what the tree has been doing all her life, breathing. And if breathing was enough for the tree to be good and to be whole, maybe breathing is enough for you to be good and to be whole. Wow. And and when you start being around nature, All the lies of the empire, all the haze and the confusion and the hatred of the empire disappears. Mm. And we're reminded again of who we are. We're reminded that God fills only small things. Mm. Because to God, everything is small. Mm. But because of God, everything is holy. Because of God, everything is sacred. Because of God, everything can be a temple Mm. where we encounter the divine. What does it look like for you when you get hazy, when you lose touch, when you lose grounding, for you to create a habit in your life to return to nature. Wow. To return to the trees and the hills and the grass and the mountains and the rivers. And sometimes we can do that by going to somewhere else. But there is nature around us. You can find God in a flower. Yes. You can find God in a very tiny Minnesota park. Yes. Because God isn't the small. Um, so the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonian Empire. The second temple... That one that we just talked about um, was destroyed by the Romans. But there was a third temple, a third temple in the scriptures. And that temple was not built of stone and timber. It was was built of flesh and blood. And this temple was not built by carpenters. This temple was a carpenter. And if you've been noticing this pattern, the empire loves to destroy temples for power, for glory, for control. The empire, if you let it, will destroy your temple. It will extract from your body until there's nothing left and then it will find another temple to destroy Another body to extract from until it's dead and it will continue and continue. But this, this, this their temple was so different because this temple refused to stay in the ground. This temple refused to stay in the grave. This is a temple a temple that is a pattern for us to follow because this temple rose again. Yeah. And in doing so, yeah. In doing so, teaches us some things about what it means to be temples. The first wow. thing is that even this temple had scars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even this temple had scars. And friends, healing doesn't mean you won't have scars. Yeah, some yeah, of our yeah. scars, oh, our scars are holy. They're sacred to And what you've experienced and what you've been through, what if God is honoring and celebrating what you've been through? when yeah. you can only see shame and trauma in it. Mm. You survived. Yeah. Things are trying to destroy you, but by grace and by your faithfulness, you're still here. Yeah. There are some of you that have traveled 10 miles in five mm. years and you feel like it's so little. When you mm. see your friends who've traveled 100 miles in the same mm. time, but they had a highway and you went through the Himalayas. They had a highway through Nebraska. You, you went to the ocean deep and back. Wow. Wow. There are things wow. that you are disappointed over that you think are small and insignificant, but this temple says is holy. Yeah. This temple celebrates. Yeah. And the final thing we learned about this temple, this Jesus, is that this, um, this temple experienced a life and a love that the empire could not destroy. Yeah. this temple experienced a life and a love that endures yeah this temple reminds us that there is a life and a love that will outlast every empire yeah, yeah yeah so friends I know we live in a world that wants to be big but what if God what if our God will meet us in the small thank you.